the Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last Rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, Southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass. And, the, the and for Skip Bayless to come out and say, I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say, how dare you? How dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness? Honestly, I want to say what I want to say. This is the Sam Mays Podcast. Welcome. I'm Sam Mays. And today we're talking to Mr. Wes Sims, friend of the podcast, dear friend of mine. Uh, Wes, a regular guest on the show, and uh, we're happy to be back in the Sam Mays Podcast studio. Happy to be here. Always. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's always fun to catch up. Wes and I uh, hang out quite a bit, actually, but uh, the podcast stuff has been a ton of fun, and really, you're probably going to hear from Wes weekly uh, on the Sam Mays Podcast, which we're very, very happy about. And, uh, you know, we've got, obviously, the, the normal stuff today. We'll talk a little bit about the college football and uh, what's going on this weekend, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, probably just give me some scores and some quick synopsises. But uh, we sat down and just watched the debate, the presidential yeah. debate. That was a lot to take in. It was. It was. Uh, we had to go outside and smoke and turn on the, the football game here to decompress a little bit, which it's working immediately. Yeah, there was. it was a lot. It was getting tense. I saw it coming. Yes, Sam was uh, writing angrily on his notepad. Right. Like, it's time to step outside, big guy. It, yes, I needed to breathe after watching the debate. Time like to and, step away. And it's, I, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. you know, and, I, and I think that a uh, big thank you to everybody who has uh, listened to season two and, and for those who have embraced these other podcasts, and which is what it's going to be. I mean, football season's only uh, a section of the year. You know, the rest of the year we'll talk other sports, but, you know, you're going to hear a lot of lifestyle pieces from us and, uh, I'm pretty pretty excited about it and just kind of give you a chance to get to know me and Wes and kind of the things that we're interested in, things that we believe in. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's See we're going we're gonna to talk about the debate. all of its glory. Yes. Whether you want to or not. You can get all of us. You're going to get it. All of it. It's going to get on you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, real quick, let's take a look at the weekend. Oklahoma State's Oklahoma big games. Obviously, the Sooners head down to TCU. Uh, for a road game that a lot of people feel like is going to be in the L category uh, for the Sooners. I'm not there. You know, I, I am a firm believer in Lincoln Riley and Bill Biedenboe. I'm a firm believer in Oklahoma's offense, and uh, I think they'll figure it out. I think this is a double-digit win for the Sooners. I, I really do. Like, I just, I'm not concerned one bit about TCU. No, they, the way they came out the last game in Texas, uh, you know, just establishing the run, pounding the rock, and, and sticking with it the whole game. Uh, and now having another guy to throw in the mix at guard, I mean, to either, you know, if, if those guys are getting any kind of tired, right. maybe you can keep one a little more fresh, fresh now. Right. I mean, that's, you know, from playing, that's where 90% of your mistakes come from is when you start getting tired. So I, I think that'll help. Uh, you know, I just expect them to go in there and start running. I mean, it it's going to be tough sledding at first, but – they got to stick with it and just keep pounding on it. Yeah, no, I, I would agree to that. Um, I, I think it's it's very, very simple for those guys. Lincoln Riley has 
uh, done nothing but find a way to get better each and every week since he's been in Oklahoma. They're going to find a way to get better this week, and I think that might come up front in the offensive line in the interior. And if that's the case, they're going to run the football, and they're going to throw the football where they need to throw the football. And, you know, Spencer Rattler might make a mistake, but I just don't see him getting outside himself too much in this one. He learned a lesson uh, at the Texas game, and, you know, I think that's just kind of where Oklahoma is right now. I think there's a whole lot of panic uh, for no reason, right? This is essentially a free year where Oklahoma is reloading. That's what they're doing. They're not rebuilding. This is a reload season, and you can already tell that there's some special players in that football field. I mean, it literally does not count towards their eligibility. So, I mean, it's, you know, it it can only help you at this point. It's not like we're, you know, unless a lot of crazy things happen and everybody just starts losing a bunch of games. I don't think we're really in the running for a playoff, but I mean – you know, playing for pride and having a respectful season still on the line for sure. And I think this week will be fun uh, getting to see Patterson, uh, you know, seeing what all he's going to throw at us and getting to see how Rattler reacts to it. So that'll that'll be kind of a fun little chess match, seeing what all Lincoln lets him get into or not. So that, that's why I said, you know, we got to keep pounding the rock so we can keep Patterson honest. You know, you, you know how it is. You catch a blitz with a run one time and it'll, it'll pop. So, right. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to go, uh, final score, Oklahoma 40, no, Oklahoma 38, uh, TCU 28, 38, 28, Oklahoma. I'm going to go Oklahoma 41, like a nice weird number. And uh, I'm going to go TCU 19. Really? Shit's going to happen. Damn. Feel it. The defense. Did we get Perkins back yet? No. 27. 41-27. <laughs> <laughs> 41-27, Oklahoma. All right. The Cowboys probably have the feature game. Um you know, I think that this is, uh, you know, look, I, I, I struggled to watch Oklahoma State in a media way. I struggled to keep my composure in a media way. I struggled to act normal during games in my own living room. Like, Brittany is like play-by-play this deal. It's crazy. Like, I'm an insane Oklahoma State fan. And I want to believe that they've got a top-10 team. I do, right? I, yeah. I, I really want to believe that. Um, I mean, if you step back before the season on paper, I would have had them in the top 10 with everything they had coming back. I mean, there's a lot of question marks, but I mean, you don't have, you know, the best running back in the nation and one of the top receivers in the nation coming in and a dual threat quarterback who's shown, you know, good signs and, you know, not have a chance. I mean, it's a big 12, so they ain't worried about defense and it just so happens it looks like they might have a decent defense. Yeah, no, I, I'm a defense I'm a believer in. I was not a fan of Jim Knowles midway through the season a year ago. Not a fan. At the Texas game, I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> like, there's no way this is going to work out. And sure enough, midway through that season, he really found a way to, to get to know those kids, and they've had a ton of success in their stars being born. Right? The expectation from the majority of those kids wasn't, the trajectory that they're on right now. We're talking a bunch of all-conference caliber players on the Oklahoma State defense, which is impressive, and you really feel like they're going to travel this year. Uh, You know, offensively, I'm not a Mike Gundy fan. I don't have a hard time saying it. 
I, I think this is someone that has taken advantage of the worst era in Big 12 football history, uh, Big 8 football history, and has won a bunch of games against a bunch of garbage opponents and, uh, and failed where it mattered the most, beating Oklahoma, finding the way to win conference championships. Uh, and, and look, Oklahoma beats a lot of people, but the expectation when you build the facility that at one point was in the top five in college football – yeah. is to is to just win. And they never took advantage of their their conference championship. And I just don't buy it in a lot of ways. But the talent is there. The biggest question is, can they block anybody? And what Spencer Sanders look like in a, over, as far as an overall product, you know, after the COVID preparation year, which has proven to be a little lackluster. You know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. do we know this kid gets any better from a year ago? I mean, that that's why. I, and to say what you said, or to, you know, touch on what you just said about him in the past. Honestly, about five, six years ago, when all those things were moving forward for Oklahoma State and they were just coming off those big years, I thought in 2020, you know, COVID aside, we'd be having a different conversation about him. And, you know, it just so happens this year that I just said I would have him ranked in the top ten preseason. So, I mean, depending on what happens this year, maybe it is, but – it seemed like the last couple years we would have seen more growth than what we did. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I don't know, man. I, I'm feeling pretty good about the Cowboys this weekend. I don't know that I should. Uh, I don't know. I feel like because I, you know, I don't cover them uh, as in-depthly that as I do, you know, I spend my day talking about the Sooners. That's what I do every Saturday. Um, and I purposely kind of stay a little bit away from Oklahoma State football so I can enjoy it yeah. and appreciate it in that way. You know, and, I, and, I feel I, and maybe I shouldn't do that. Uh, but it's it's just kind of what I want to do. Like I look, I'm looking forward to the game this week, and I'm excited to uh, sit down and, and watch it and see what my my alma mater is going to be able to accomplish. What time uh, is the game this week? It's after OU's two thirty. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So it's just you know I I but I do feel pretty good about this one. I think that defense is going to absolutely stifle an Iowa State team that will make mistakes on their own. Right. I mean yeah. they're going to give it to you on their own a couple of times. So. I like the Cowboys and probably around the same score, you know, 38-28, maybe, uh, you know, 41-28. Oh. Yes, absolutely. And I think the OSU defensive front across the board is going to be better than we anticipated, right? I really do. Like, those kids, that, that whole defense just plays. Ton of fun to watch. So, But they I, haven't played anybody either, though, you know? Yeah, they. I, I just got to see them against Tulsa a little bit. Um. Who do we have any NFL talent on this defense? Who oh, who yeah. do we need to be looking out yeah, for? Yeah, I mean, I will, the Trace Trace Ford probably the the guy that sticks out the most. But they got a couple of kids in the secondary that have some NFL potential. Right. Yeah, I love the linebackers too. I don't know from a overall size, like I don't know what their measurables are. Um, I think Rodriguez is probably a little small. Um, they've got a kid that I would I can't even a- attempt to. Uh, to pronounce his last name, starts with an O, that plays linebacker. For, it's just exceptional. He's an exceptional football player. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like this team. I do. I, I don't like the offensive line, and I don't think there's anything you can do about it. Uh, injury and everything else that happened this summer, like it is, uh, it's a mess there. But Gundy's been great at damage control up front, and I think they find a way to get it done in probably a pretty decent way. I like, I like the Cowboys Cowboys by double digits. I'm, I'm excited about it. I, you know, I... See, seeing what happened against Tulsa, I was like, ah. But then standing back and looking at some of those t- 
Tulsa has some dudes. Right. Some big – I mean, I played Tulsa in college. Those guys were a lot bigger than the dudes we played when I was in college. They might have had one or two guys, but it seemed like everybody they had was over three bills. You know what I mean? Right. Just on both sides of the ball. Just some big dudes. Yeah, Tulsa had some some guys. That Savage kid's probably going to play in the league. Yeah. And for game one in a rivalry game? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can can talk myself into this. Like, I'm doing it right now. You know, I can talk myself into this. I was pretty well – talked into it while i was watching it i was like man i mean it wasn't like they had a bunch of six one 260 pound three techniques making plays because you know people are just blowing assignments or out of shape or whatever it is you know right i mean you couldn't tell the difference i mean the just jersey colors were different colors right. that, that was it you know i mean they were all it, it was fair yeah, I I think that it's uh give me give me the Cowboys double digits. What do you think? I th- I think it's going to be tight. I I think it's going to be single digits. Okay. But I you know, I'd say probably I think the 4 to 7 range. Four okay. to 7 digit win. You think 30 points? Oh yeah. For the Cowboys? Oh, yeah. Okay. I like Hubbard, the run game against that three-man front. Nose guard is not the yeah. player he was a year ago. Because we, uh, you know, OU didn't do it and started falling behind and didn't, you know, there was no run game there. And the, we didn't stick with it in that game. Right. You know, in any game, we hadn't really had much in the fourth quarter. But that game, we got our asses handed to us. Right. So, all right. So, we both have, we got Sooners and Cowboys winning. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I always pull for my in-state teams. Same. It's Absolutely. All those other people. Well, I pull for the Big 12 all the time. but Right. But yeah. every time we do that, we get disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is, man. All right. Let's, uh, let's dive on into it. T- tonight, we sat down... Uh, and turned on the second presidential debate. It's supposed to be the third, but it's the second. Yeah. With and final. Yeah. Isn't it? I think yeah, yeah I believe so. That was it. Um with President Trump and presidential nominee Joe Biden. Let me say this. I am I like politics. I like political TV shows. I like the idea of the American presidency and it being the most powerful position in the world. I appreciate the images of the White House and what it, in my brain, being a kid that was in middle school during Desert Storm, right? And being a a college kid that was on campus during 9-11, like I'm... I will tell you I'm an American before I would tell you I'm a Republican or a Democrat. So I am frustrated with the current image of our presidency. And I'm frustrated with the current image of our country. And I am frustrated with the constant ridiculous bickering from two parties that at their loudest just sound like fools. Yeah. It's like a high school, you know, couple. 
and I am frustrated that our president has lowered the presidency by engaging in the scrum. I do not like Donald Trump. I do not, I wouldn't want to hang out with him. But you have to acknowledge that in tonight's debate, he absolutely just in a landslide victory, yeah, dominated. He right? handed it to him. He I handed mean, him just, a lot of facts, right? And there was a lot of rebuttal from Joe that was just ended and not true, <laughs> which I was. I mean, Joe had a lot of good points that he hit on. He had them written down and he got them, but when he when he would hit him with something real on the fly. It was what it was. Let, let's talk about overall appearance real quick. Um, I'm a fan of debates, right? And I yeah. think that's also probably why I'm a little frustrated this evening is because that wasn't very much of a debate. No. Um, I, I would say that, you know, as far as physical appearance, you know, Joe Biden is, is what he is. Uh, Donald Trump is what he is. They're both old white men. Yeah. Um, you know, Trump, Trump looks bigger and more powerful to the eye. He just does. Uh, Biden at times today, I kind of joked, said it looked like he had a mini stroke, right? As he, yeah. you know, kind of just a weird, you know, his he seemed to lose, uh, you know, like stuttering over his words. And look, I, I'm in radio and I stutter all the time on this podcast and all those things. It just, you know, he just didn't seem up to it yeah. uh, as much as, as President Trump did. Yeah, it, it, I mean, w- listening to him and, and watching him argue and, you know, go over his points and everything. It seems weird when you have two people in a position of that power when one gets, even if it's the stuttering part of it comes from, you know, getting flustered or fired up, somebody in that position shouldn't be feeling that, you wouldn't think. I mean, the leader of the free world, you wouldn't figure that they'd get mad and stumble over their words. They'd just rattle something off and, feed it to somebody right I think that President Trump's uh, attitude tonight was probably the best I've seen him publicly I thought that he uh, engaged you know Joe Biden in a way that was aggressive but still not caveman like you know what I mean yeah, he, he wasn't out there beating him with a club annoy me as much tonight right yeah I, I mean, mean there was times where he would still do the Trump deal like you know, the the building of the cages. Like, who built the cage, Joe? Who built the cage, Joe? Right. I was like, just turn the mic off. <laughs> just turn it off. Like, th- those sections of bullshit, both of them, right? Like, I'm, who built the cages? I, I don't, Some <laughs> I just, there's 520-something kids that they don't know where their parents are at. Like, yeah. j- f- someone find those kids' parents, right? You know, it's. Yeah. Th- 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 Figure it's, it's it out. Like, are they alive, first yeah, of all? That, that'd be my biggest concern. If they went back, were they running from a cartel or something? Are they right. gone? You it's, know? Uh, you know, it's a terrible story. I don't know why you would ever separate them. If you're going to send them back, send them all back. If right. you're going to keep them. Like, mis- all of them. Mistakes were clearly made in that situation, and somebody needs to find those uh, those kids' parents. But it's, you know, sitting in this debate and talking about who built the cage, like, it's frustrating to me. Like I, I'm not, and this is not to, to sound in, inhumane. Like I, I'm, or or like I don't. I, I, someone please help those children. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out why they're even a, a, a part of the conversation in a debate right now. Like it doesn't seem like that should be a, a huge uh, thing yeah, that they could do. Yeah, we're talking about five hundred and. 
25 children of immigrants that were trying to come over and who right. knows their situation i'm sure or how many pa- yeah the worst possible situations in most cases that's why you're putting everything in a bag and literally running from your country but we're talking about 200,000 americans that died and another 200,000 that can die you know and then we're comparing that to a possible 2 million that were supposed to die from when this whole thing began so you know in the grand scheme of things that's you know it is what it is right yeah like yeah the the COVID conversation um is is interesting uh, to to say the least you know I am very frustrated with President Trump in the way that he just from leading from appearance right you know wear the mask just just lead just lead in a way that it's does it do the numbers this or that or the doctors are saying if you wear the mask it's better for everybody just wear the mask all we want you to do is put the mask on and And when you're somewhere just say yeah please wear your mask unless you're six feet apart start off with that yeah then it's over yeah you've you've put it out there and it's done right you know they can and they said they did, and they do. I'm sure everybody's got a Trump 2020 mask that went there. Right. And it's in their back pocket, and, you know, whatever. Right. It is what it is, but... As, as far as the, the economy goes, and COVID in general, you know, when you look at recent CDC numbers, um, and I'm not trying to downplay this virus or how dangerous it is or the fact that Americans are dying or any of those thin things, what I'm getting at is it, it is what you know, President Trump said today is, is accurate. It's, it's a global pandemic that no one was prepared for. Uh, and the reality is in the short amount of time that the U.S. was shut down, we saw the absolutely crippling impact it had on our economy. And we have to learn, essentially, yep. we have to learn to live with, with COVID-19. I find it insulting. It went uh, bad and got worse fast. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I find it insulting that the the Democrats are so... Um, aggressive with pushing that, you know, President Trump doesn't care and, you know, essentially calling him a murderer. And if we had another this or another that, it's a global pandemic. You have no earthly idea what the fuck would have happened. Like, you don't. Yeah. And I think everybody is taking this thing as it as it comes in. Like I said, my frustration comes with just the, like, lead, lead the country. Wear the mask, lead the country. And he just chooses not to, and he's kind of flippant with it, and it just rubs me the wrong way. Once again, I do not like President Trump, but... He, one hundred percent, and when he the way he talked about COVID tonight, I mean, it's very much in a matter of fact way because it it is what it is. Like I hate saying that, but it is what it is. We have to. You, if you are someone that is uh, incredibly worried about about COVID nineteen and you have pre existing conditions and all those things, you need to take the necessary precautions for you and your family. No one is telling right. you. If you are someone who, like, like I am, I am an at-risk person. My, my weight makes me that. My color makes me that. Um, I completely understand that. I also have to work, right? I have yeah. to, like, I can't not work. And we have as, to go it, to work and provide and right. go I mean, to this the is, store and you have a vehicle, you got to go to the gas station. Right. I, I mean, mean, you, it is what it is. Yeah. You got to go out and you got to do things. And if we're going to be out. Let's just find a way to do it safe and get this shit back to normal. Right. That's exactly what I'm, I'm hoping for. And I, you know, I don't know that anybody got that point across today. Um, it's more, it's finger pointing for something that is, 
you know, it's it's just so big, it's almost impossible to wrap your head around. And right now, like President Trump said, there are spikes all over the world. It's not like the U.S. is sitting here isolated yeah. and... I mean, uh, you turn the news on, there's a spike at this university. There's a spike right. in Florida every week. And spike in a spike England. Here and and there, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's happening. The world news is on, and it's everywhere. I mean, it's not one area and it's not one person and no one person can fix it right and when we're talking about plans as far as what the president said i mean trump came on and he talked about a vaccine and said it's in the stages and that's honestly it's basically it's a virus right we need a vaccine that's that's a plan i want to hear yeah. Well, the other guy's plan was, well, you got to make sure it's tested, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, you got to make sure it's tested. Obviously, right. you can't go kill everybody. But all he said was his plan was, well, we're just going to shut everything down and wear masks. And I was like, well, great, but we just went through that shit. and It's not going to work. Everything went to shit. Right. We can't do that. You have to open up a little bit, and we need to open up more because there's still way too many people at home right people kids at home that aren't learning they're falling behind parents are going nuts can't work because you know they have to stay home with their kids they can't afford people to watch them so i mean it's just affecting everybody it is it is and i hate to as you, you know you talk about uh to to pretend that one life isn't important is ridiculous i would never even uh, imagine saying that that someone who has lost something like it's you know i i've got i mean I, I just it's it's a sad situation there's so many people that have been impacted by this and that are heartbroken by this and have lost uh, mothers and fathers and daughters and sons and you know like i i get it i absolutely get it um but it is a global pandemic and our economy can't handle anything other than trying to live with this virus and you know i think when you look at um the nba and the nfl and major league baseball and the way that they have you know kind of forged forward i mean that's just kind of it right across the board we all have to just find a way to do those things so um i I can you know president trump like i said his delivery at times can be uh, a little abrasive and harsh and make you a little bit want to punch him in the face, but he's very punchable. Yes. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> he, he's not wrong in that department and the, to, for the Democrats to continue to push this uh, conversation of how many people could have been saved. It's like I said, it's, it's irresponsible because they, they really just don't have any idea. Um, and the way that the United States, the people in general reacted to any sort of COVID conversation or, uh, asking to them to do this or that they didn't do it anyway like and they wouldn't have done it for a democratic president either you know what i mean like i just it's a pointless conversation that they're trying to hammer home and to me they're missing opportunities to say things of of worth of note and they just it's a it's a big giant whiff uh for me the 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 one thing i do want to the second thing that they talked about that really resonated with me was the election fraud uh, conversation right right I, i don't know that a whole lot was said there um no, they said there was threats from like Russia and Iran and right. China, the, the, or like Iran Ukraine sent uh, sent basically all the same countries that right. Trump was accusing Biden of. And I was like, whatever. But I just that was the first I'd heard of that. The 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 Florida Iran emailed Florida. What like what what is yeah. that even? 
Like what does we, that even mean? And why the hell is Florida so easy to manipulate their voting? It's Florida every fucking time. Has nobody figured this shit out? Right. Like, how about we just have people go to a place and vote? Right. And how do you fuck that up? Yeah, so apparently, um, so this says U.S. government inc- concludes Iran was behi- behind threatening emails sent to Democrats. Um, U.S. officials on Wednesday night accused Iran of targeting American voters with faked but menacing emails and warned that both Iran and Russia had obtained voter data that could be used to endanger the upcoming election. So I guess, you know, there's there's probably not a whole lot of information they can give us, the people, about this. Yeah. But I'm very much concerned at, at how this is a becoming of just a, a widely accepted uh, conversation that no one really ever says anything about. Like, those are some foreign powers that are yeah. manipulating a U- United States presidential elections like that's a that's a big big problem like can we i I would like to throw some money at that when they say it's like from iran like are we talking about is this like a known terrorist organization what do you mean from iran some kid that hacked your system from his fucking ipad and fucking iran like like how serious of a threat is it right you know what i mean like are we just chasing an IP address to Iran and he's sitting across the street at, you know, Starbucks? Like, yeah. what and, the hell's going on? And and I, maybe I'm asking a question that I have no business uh, knowing, but it just seems like that's a real, this whole election conversation from the post office stuff and the uh, mail-in ballots and the, we have to find a way to get this thing settled because yeah. it's, I'm starting to, I, I, you know, you start, you watch the news and you uh, read stories and in Westernized history books, you know, it's about, you know, elections and coups and African there's nations and like there's a. Of early, early voting. Right. People voting like a month ago. I'm like, right. what, are you going to like be out of the country for the next month? Like what the hell's going on? Here? Yeah. I, it's a, the whole thing. Like. Is disturbing. Before they even have the debates, I'm like, how do you know one of these people isn't going to, you know, shut down the oil industry like we found out tonight? Right. I mean, holy what shit. A, what, a, what is that man talking about? I'm going to shut down the oil industry? Like, Well, he's going to replace it by like 2025. So that's basically right. shut it the fuck down. Replace it with what? With energy is not going to work. Solar energy, oh. not enough technology in it. Well, that's because they don't get enough government subsidies. Right. <laughs> that's. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It is a. Uh, like, and I'm out. Yeah. I, I, it, that just, it doesn't make any sense. Like Biden, and I can't imagine being on CNN right now and having to do what those people are doing. And they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. But turning this into something that Joe Biden had won. Like moments like that are just debilitating right right i mean just debilitating for him i mean depending on what station you're watching uh depends on who won obviously but yeah it was you can't i mean did they think that was a good thing to say that Uh, yeah who knows like he had to have some sort of a slip right like, yeah. there's no, like, the whole debate, like, I, when I said I'm a fan of debate, I am so a fan of the actual. too much emissions. We just 
we got to get rid of the industry. Yeah, that's... You can't just get rid of the whole damn thing. I mean, do you know what comes out of a barrel of oil? Have you seen all that? The pyramid breakdown on that? Right. Like, this fucking cell phone comes out of a barrel of oil. Right. And how many of them you can make with it. I right. I mean, it's unbelievable all the stuff that comes from oil, and it isn't just gas. I, um, I'm, I'm, the, the government or the environment is a conversation that needs to be had also. Like I am, especially here in the United States, I will always talk more about our personal infrastructure uh, than, than anything like help, help us, right. Help keep our country, uh, beautiful and great and all those things. I would be here to talk about more money towards, you know, forestry departments and, and to our national parks. Do, I mean, California is on fire half the time because they don't have the money to keep up with the, with the land, right? I mean, there's some real issues. It's, uh, there's, I mean, we're talking about the environment. Um, Biden made a statement where he wanted to put in 50,000 charging stations across highways across America so that the government could own... Electric vehicles or something like that. So they could they could own the uh, basically monopolize the uh, charging of your car on the right. highway. Yeah, it's a and it's like did anybody else pick up on that? Yeah, he, he was like China's doing it, and I was like, we don't want to model shit after China. Right, it's a little fucked up. Yeah, I I don't, <laughs> you know, once again, uh, it's a, for for something that just should have been broad strokes. Um, it, it just wasn't the, the environment needs to be tended to. It just does. Yeah. Um, do I know we that there's a time frame or, yeah, we do. And it needs to be done in a way that is aggressive and, uh, with a 30 year plan and all the things, but it needs to be done. Some, the, the money needs yeah. to be invested into the oil industry to find a way to better do this. In my yeah. opinion, right. So somebody it, either into the oil industry or some, somebody needs to find a way that's actual, we just need viable, to like, be independent with our own oil as a nation. But that would help, for sure. Would help out everything, A, but, I mean, when it, it comes, I mean, there's so many jobs in people's lives. I right. mean, I was affected by all this shit that's going on. I'd still be in the oil industry if this wouldn't happen. Right. But yeah. it is what it is, and now I'm on to something better that I love even more, so. You know, like, it, I'm very much into common sense, uh, you know, politics, common sense says you can't just disband the oil industry. Uh, common yeah. sense says there is a bunch of um, issues with the environment and you can just, I mean, things are being impacted right? and it's, it's not too hard to uh, see it right in front of your face if you just look for it. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm here to, for having those discussions, but uh, you know, and another Biden just can't, can't say things like that. You, it's, you it's, can't be chicken little to the nation. You right. can't say the sky is falling. I just talked to people and they said we're, you know, seconds away from global warming, which yeah, is basically what he said. I was like, holy shit, dude, you're going to scare the fuck out of you. You can't say that to people. Like, you, as the president, you can't say, I just talked to my advisors and they said that we are right around the corner from no point of return from global warming. Even if that is the truth, you don't need to be spewing that out there. You know that. You know how many people are going to freak out over that, right? And you know how many people aren't going to let go of a tree that they're hugging tonight. (laughs) (laughs) 
I am an outdoorsman, and I know you are too, so I uh, think we have a, a great appreciation for I wish I had two big trees with a hammock right in the middle. Right, of them. yeah. I, Surrounded you know, by more trees. I love I'm not saying that I could run for president or have the mental capacity to understand what that job entails, but... No, don't you know, vote for me. Yeah, I would hope that... Don't so. write me in, I actually, I actually had a write-in ballot once, and the guy tweeted it to me. It was fantastic. Hell yeah. Yeah, like I've gotten one presidential vote. So if you show up after all this and you're just upset with everything, Mm -hmm. are you going to check that box by Kanye? Oh, shit. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. (laughs) It's on there. It's on there. No, I'm not checking that box by Kanye. Um, You know, sometimes my wild ideas aren't so bad. Like when I said everybody was crazy for not drafting Derrick Henry over Zeke. (laughs) I still stand by that. Yeah. I love Zeke Elliott, but I'm with you. We also played the freight train behind that offensive line when it was healthy and everybody was there. Would have been pretty amazing. I've been like two thousand yard rookie year. Boom. That was some real. Boom. Yeah, powerful there. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else stick out to you about the debate? Um. You know, like I, I appreciated the way that President Trump was as his demeanor. And it was just a very cool, calm and collected, I, I feel like, way about going about things like there were some things that he did that were his normal, you know, Trumpisms or whatever you want to call them. But, um, you know, I just appreciated how he answered the questions with, you know, th- this is the question and these are the things that I've done to address these issues. Right. I right. mean. Um, even when it came to the, the race stuff, I'm, I'm frustrated with, uh, how he fails to, um, without a doubt be anti-racist. Um, and I think that's awkward for, for everybody. Yeah, it is. I mean, even if you are just lie and right. then go back behind the deal and do your deal. With right. If you have a deal. Like that's just, a, that, he's that's like, I think he's just so scared to lose. He doesn't want to lose any fucking voters, right? But he's losing more by just being an idiot. Uh, Biden's record, you know, as far as African-American society is concerned is, uh, well-documented president Trump also has some things that are documented that don't make you feel warm and fuzzy in regard to his, uh, relationship with the African-American community or what he believes or thinks, Um, but you know, once again, president Trump sat there on the podium today and he said, um, you know, things that he had done, you know, as far as, uh, long-term funding for historically black colleges, that's a big deal, right? That is a very, uh, big deal. You know, there's, there's, uh, many things that, you know, that president Trump will say in the way that he says them makes you feel like he's lying or they're fake or whatever. You start looking at his record and, and the, you know, since he's been in the white house and some of the relationships that he's built in the African American community and if, whether you believe that they are political in nature or not, you know, he, what he's saying isn't fa- false necessarily. Yeah. I mean, the, like you said, whether they're a front or not, I mean, the effort was there and, you know, the the statement was made and the appearance was made and photos were taken and, you know, babies were kissed and hands were shook. I mean, it, it you know, a check was probably passed along somewhere along the way, but I mean, that that's more than most. Most right. people just can't or 
part going to it. Like, I, I think with, with me, my once, you know, the, the race conversation is means a lot to me uh, in the U.S. right now. And and just the general want for uh, equality. And, you know, they talked about the conversation that black families have to have with their kids uh, at a young age. And I remember that conversation, you know, like I, I know what that is. And it is frustrating to think that it's still a conversation that's being had. And it's such a common sense thing. Right. Once again, we come back to common sense politics. Um, Anti-racist is a good thing. Right. It's a good thing. Um, Not saying positive things or not, um, you know, damning uh, racist groups is that's not good. It's not good. But that's not that's not politics. That's not um that's not something that from a, you know, economic standpoint or healthcare standpoint or climate standpoint, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's why I'm probably most frustrated. I'm one, because the opponent, as we saw today, can't do it. Like I can't, I just can't believe that Joe Biden is up for the job. Uh, I'm frustrated about that, that there's really no other options. And like I said, I'm frustrated by things about president Trump that don't directly have an impact on, policy mm-hmm. i mean it's just that's just it that's and my biggest bitch if you will about what's happening out there and who we have to vote for is it was so damn ridiculous that trump won on the republican side and this is the best we can come up with on the other side i mean Let's step back from some career politicians for a while. Because if they've been in office for 47 years and still can't get the shit done they've been bitching about, I mean, there needs to be a limit on these careers. I mean, after 20 years, you retire from being a politician. Yeah. You're fucking out. That, that is, uh, let's get some fresh meat in there so people can actually get in that get shit done instead of getting kickbacks in relationships and yada, yada, yada. The Joe Biden stare at the camera and talk to the American people bit. Like, that is, and, and I thought President Trump played it perfectly when he literally said, that's him being a politician. And I'm sitting there, and as soon as, and as, as, Joe Biden did that the first time. I thought to myself, wow, he's really, he's taking a second to talk to the people. And then President Trump said what he said. And I looked back at the TV and I was like, well, son of a bitch. He's exactly right. And I'm sitting there look, thinking of those old draft posters, right? With Uncle Sam and that finger and the staring to the camera. And I'm like, this, this is dude. what we were trained to do. He is right. He is playing us. Trying to play us. And President Trump sat there. And like, you, you know, you, you hear Biden um steps away to prepare for the debate and he's and he's in camp for three days or something like that and you know president trump says yeah i'm i'm being prepped you know i'm being prepped and you what you really i honestly think if i was in the same situation i would do the same exact thing i would get prepped the day of do you have and to- you like he was in like his own little camp for three, three days. I think it was three days. He, he's been off the campaign tour for a while, this week, I think, getting ready for this debate. Wow. And it's just. And that's what we got. Just that's what we got. And, right. And it looked that way. Like President Trump sat, you know, he's, he stands on the podium and he's having a conversation. And it's in that weird way that he talks and all the hand motions and all the things. Like, 
I get it. That's a lot of things, by the it's way. It's a lot of things. <laughs> but he, it, it didn't seem faked. It didn't seem uh, overly orchestrated. There were, you know, some moments where you can tell he was digging for some stats that were in his head. Yeah. Um, but it just seemed like he was up there having a, he was just here to debate. Yeah. And he just was out there kicking his ass. And it just, and he did it in a way that was not, it was probably the least Trump-like. Yeah performance that he's had and it was i mean i thought it was relatively flawless yeah i was i was proud of him for basically keeping his shit together and not running over on you know everything i mean there was a lot of little hey come on donald that's enough but right i mean yeah there's a lot of eye roll moments that's on both how of them. all debates are if right. anybody's ever watched i mean there's always at least one guy you can't get to shut up and usually there's two if it's a good debate but this time there was just one that we couldn't get to shut up. So that tells you about what was going on. You know, in, in closing, I'll say this. Uh, more than ever, the United States is in need of leadership. And I don't know that you're ever going to be able to lead everyone in the way that they want to be led. I don't know that you're ever going to be able to be a leader as a, as a president of the United States that is able to lead every issue, right? To be a, a voice on every issue. What I do know is Donald Trump seems to have an idea, right? Or plan or um, at least the drive to see the, the economy stabilize. And I know that this is, you know, with COVID and everything that's happened and people have lost jobs and I lost a ton of money in, in COVID. i lost two thirds of my paycheck. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I get it. And I am hurting like every other uh, American family. We've all been impacted by this. Just lost the job altogether. Right. All but, of them. Right. The whole damn industry. Gone. Right. <laughs> I just really feel like leadership is needed at this moment and and I'm taking it in any place that I can get it. And I know that President Trump is going to at least lead in this area. He's gonna stand up and for whatever he believes in. Right. But at least he's gonna stand up. Right. I just don't I can't look at Joe Biden, listen to Joe Biden and I'd, and buy it. Like, I don't know what you're... I had what to you point t- out to you, when he was walking off the stage, it was like, there's a reason why they never showed the Crypt Keeper walking around. You know what I mean? It was... I mean, I was like, hey, he's got to be there for four more years. Because I got a concern about Kamala. She's a good person. But, I mean, it's like I was talking about earlier. When you get flustered and you start stuttering and stuff, I don't think you're the person for that particular job. And that's a whole lot of what was going on in her debate also. Right. I'm like, come on, man. Can we not at least find some people that can get through a debate and just hand somebody their ass or at least, you know, not stutter through it? Like, Yeah. And we went to camp for this shit. I um I'm I'm going to watch you know news just like you will over the next couple of days and figure out what both sides are saying about the debate. I'm just dreading hearing what uh, the Democrats have to say about the debate because it, to me it's such a cut and dry victory for 
President Trump. Like, I, I don't know how to, they're going to spin this in a way outside of, you know, some garbage. Like, it's the whole campaign seems to just be about not liking President Trump. Like, I don't like President yeah. Trump. I know that. I don't, One I know that. One of the that. Democrats on ABC said, or I don't, I don't know if he's a Democrat. I'm assuming he was a Democrat. I, I know he was not a Republican, but he said that this election has been, has become a, about Donald Trump. Yeah, like, right. It, it absolutely. Whether you like him or not. And I'm like And it's insulting. It's insulting. A lot of to people me. that are gonna vote for him don't like him. Hell I don't care for the guy. Right. I mean, before he was the best option that there was to be a president, which is how he became the he was the best damn option out there. Right. I mean, come on. The Democrats He's the best option right had now. it handed to him and they couldn't beat a celebrity billionaire right that's how tired america was and now they want to put a guy back in who was just there and i mean really the only thing that came out of it was like obamacare and from all the people that i talked to i knew a couple people that lost their insurance that Mm -hmm. had personal insurance because of it and the people that i knew that did have it were basically fucked after a year because they couldn't afford it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the the country is in need of a lot of things, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, there needs to be an affordable option for health care. There does. For everybody. Right. Shit can't be free, but there needs to be an affordable option. And people who need help need to be helped. Yes. Uh, if you have some pre-existing condition, I don't give a shit. We're all humans. Right. Help the son of a bitch out. Yeah. Common sense politics. Common sense. Help the people that need to help to be helped. Right? Yes. Well, thank you for having this conversation. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for watching the debate with me. You know, when you called and you said, hey, we're going to watch the debate. I was (laughs) like, never thought I'd get that. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I do want to say one thing. Yeah. My mom always told me this was always her big deal. And this goes to everybody listening out there. It's your right to vote. Mm-hmm. So if you're not registered, get registered. I don't care who you're voting for. Look, at, you look at all this shit and pick out the one you think's the best fit for Absolutely. you. Don't listen to your celebrities. Look at what they're doing and vote based off of that. Who's going to help you or whatever you want but if you don't vote you can't bitch and that's what mom always said truth yeah the other thing is like we sat here and gave you our opinions uh, on this podcast right these, these are our opinions yeah you um, don't have to do what we yeah, said and and take it with a grain like of salt you can clearly hear my frustration right i mean i i am frustrated i am a frustrated american uh tonight but um i just i'm going to tell you always how i see it um, and Wes is the same way, you know, and, and we're just, like I said, we're going to have podcasts like this where we're talking about social issues and things that are going on in the, in the world. So I just appreciate the good conversation. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. And by the way, the, uh, that was an amazing comeback by the uh, Eagles. There. Unbelievable. And, uh, Boston Scott scored me some fantasy points oh, in two leagues. Waiver wire pickup. <laughs> good night, my friend. Good night, sir. The Sam Mays Podcast is a production of P-Squared Media.